those of you who don't know how it works here at Geek Bytes, we often actually record episodes quite a long way in advance. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, uh, we will know whether coronavirus has swept through the UK and destroyed it all. Um, so in the meantime, this is how it ends. I'm Rich. Stu, you still there? For the moment, I mean, yeah, thanks thanks for that opening, man. Um, yeah, I kind of give me visions I probably didn't want. Um, and to be fair, if anyone's listening to this in the apocalypse, I feel sorry for them. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, oh, no, I must get my last battery to put on my telephone so I can then listen to the podcast about a film that I'll never be able to watch. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah. You've depressed me now. This is this is like this could be like the last cultural artifact that's found. Of human, uh, the human race, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's try and make it an upbeat one, because um, I think <laughs> that's what the, day need, the world needs. I mean, to be fair, we did say previously we were going to do extinction, um, but I think, you know, if that was the last cultural artifact anyone had ever found, we'd end up with no humanity left, because they'd kill himself after listening to the first five minutes of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, you, yeah, you got halfway through it, didn't you, and told me we need to change our film. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get halfway. I got about 20 minutes in, and I just... You know, like when that Cloverfield paradox that we watched ages ago, uh, where nothing made sense and there was so much illogical stuff going on and there was a sort of subplot that no, I didn't really care about and the acting was bad and the character was yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, so I was just watching it. It's just like, this is terrible. Why am I wasting my time with this? Um, so, yeah, we, we decided to do another, you know, end of the world themed movie. And that's why we've ended up with uh, How It Ends. Yeah, so um, Netflix original, uh, released in 2018. Um, yeah, it was um, got a few got a few fairly big names. Um, yeah, uh, and I think well, well, we'll find out what we think. I think it was uh, I was pleased with this choice. Um, yeah, obviously it's well within our wheelhouse. Sci-fi, post-apocalyptic drama, bit of violence. Yeah, yeah, and it's got. I mean, I I recognised a bloke, but I didn't know where from. And it's he's the hunky guy from Divergent. He's the main character, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. You know, James, uh, so I quite like him in quite a lot of stuff, actually. Um, but I remember him mostly from an old show that was on Fox back when it was still called FX, uh, called Asylum, where he kind of played this... Uh... Oh, Bedlam. Yeah, Bedlam, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedlam. Yeah, he was in that. Um, yeah, he's, he's good value. Uh, always good to see a British actor uh, make it big over there. Well, I say make it big. He's been in it made straight, straight to Netflix, low budget. Um <laughs> So was this low budget? Probably had a reasonable budget. There were elements that probably needed a bit of budget, but at the same time, most of it could have been filmed by one person on the seat of a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it felt. It was a bit handicam, wasn't it? Sort of. Um, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the film Monsters. I don't know if you've seen that one, where it's um, that's like another road trip thing, but that's through Mexico that's taken over by aliens that have been locked in there, like big alien monster things. Um, but that was like the first one by the guy that directed Rogue One. Um, and that was a similar style. So it's like these people had to escape. It had, it had to smuggle this woman through this area. Um, but anyway, we'll have to watch that another time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds sounds good, actually. Yeah. Sounds very much our kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll give the uh, post-apocalyptic um, things a break uh, for the next <laughs> film. Um, but yeah, what's your uh, what's your sort of uh, one sentence review for this one, Rich? One sentence review: three me- three mediocre films joined together to make one pretty good film. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are those three mediocre films? Are you going to go into that later? 
Um, so those three mediocre films is one about kind of like how a son connects with his, sorry, not how, how a man connects with his future father-in-law, cranky father-in-law. You've got obviously a mystery film about how actually the world ends. And third, you've got a road slash disaster movie. Um, I think individually they were all pretty uh, basic stuff, but put together they kind of put three different strands running through a film just under two hours and it works pretty well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on these days. Like whenever you read the screenwriting books now, they're talking about like fusing different genres together to try and make something new. And I yeah. think this is this is an example for that. It's been done quite well. Um, yeah, and I think yeah, all of those storylines played off well against each other, rather than it being, you know, like some some of these like the extension going back to that. It was just kind of like you know, I don't care about this person. I don't care why he's falling asleep all the time or why he's got visions of an alien invasion. Yeah. Um, and why he's like a really bad it was you know like replicas sorry i'm just going to rant on a film we're not even reviewing you know in replicas um uh, what's his name keanu reeves character was such a terrible father in, in extinction he was a terrible father for similar reasons it was kind of like is this just a netflix thing where they just every every father turns out to be a terrible father maybe this is that uh, whoever writes for netflix or commissions for netflix had a bad childhood seriously uh, big daddy issues or whatever yeah. yeah yeah and it's basically like you know is there an abusive father in this movie? No, you need to add one. Otherwise, we're not going to commission it. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that was Forrest Whitaker's character in this, really, the, the abusive stepfather. Well, not even abusive. He was just a bit passive aggressive most of the time um, until, well, until he come across the villains and then he was actually aggressive. Um, but yeah, my, my one sentence review, The Last of Us Without Zombies or Ellie. <laughs> interesting i was i definitely got last of us vibes as well particularly um uh forest whitaker um teaching sam how to look after himself type thing the way he kind of part of that was the whole um sam figuring out how to use a gun shoot it whatever whatever um so yeah that was uh that was good yeah, yeah. Good. and yeah the whole sort of, yeah father son vibe the fact it was a road trip vibe the fact they had to go somewhere and then when they got there, you know, one of them didn't survive. I mean, you know, Last of Us, they did survive. But, you know, you know, this pinch. It, yeah, it just felt like that sort of environment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. Um, so, I think, uh, um, yeah, should we talk about maybe our best scenes? I think, I mean, was it kind of, I think we've got quite a few categories to go through. So, I think we're probably going to go through our overall thoughts in that way, I think, aren't we? Um yeah. So, should we kick off best scenes? Yeah. I mean, do you want to start and I'll I'll join in? Yeah. Um, I quite liked in terms of like the best scenes. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the scenes with uh with Ricky, the car mechanic they picked up along the way, and I actually thought it was a real shame that she kind of ditched them halfway through the film. Uh, so she was a American Indian, um, or Native American, uh character who they picked up on the reservation or whatever why pass because they needed a mechanic they realized and i just thought she kind of added quite a bit to the vibes um but then the way they kind of threw the character away as such they kind of said she just couldn't handle them uh um she couldn't handle shooting those two guys even though they were, they were going to shoot them um it i really enjoyed the scene where she was actually learning helping them out and stuff like they felt like they needed three of them on their journey um and i suppose this kind of turns into my the character i found the most interesting 
but is that partly because she found it so difficult to actually be on the road with them and move along with them so it's kind of it's not so much the best scene as the best sequence i suppose just that whole bit with how she kind of brought them out of their shell a little bit brought um forest whitaker's character out of his shell a little bit um and kind of just uh, moved it all along a little bit in that way um i felt like it was a bit missing when she did go i kept thinking they were going to bring her back at some point even though there was no way given she'd run off and they just left her in the desert i'd love to know what happened to her did she die or what or did she find kind of like another more i think she implied she was going to try and go back to her her um home and all that be quite a quite a job to do that given how far they'd driven by that point um yeah i think so the scene, it's not really the best scene, is it? It's the best kind of sequence or best part of the story for me. Um, and I suppose as much as saying it's best, it's kind of also saying I'd like to have seen more um, of it. Um, so yeah, no, slight, slightly weird one. Um, yeah. Uh, I, mean, oh, I appreciate that. I mean, it's ironic because um, that's that's actually uh, my my opposite thing. But I'll explain okay. that later. Well, actually, I'll explain it now, sod it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything. So I think without her it would have been quite a dry movie. And I think she kind of humanised them a bit and kind of made it less intense for them because there was something else they're worried about. My my problem with her was, like, the reason for him inviting her along was a bit weak. Like, you know, at one point, the main character gets, uh, like, no, the, the main young guy sees her and her dad arguing or something, or it's, it's implied that they're arguing. But the, the Tom, Floris uh, Whitaker's character, didn't see that. So you're like, well, if, if she had an abusive dad and he invited her along to get her out of that situation, fair enough. Um, but it just seemed like, oh, there's a you know young woman. She's got a skill I need. Come on down, you know it'll be fine. We'll get you to the coast. We'll take you where you want to go. So he sort of manipulates her into coming along for no apparent reason. And then as they go through, he's so passive aggressive and sort of um, you know, you're going to do what I tell you to do, and you're going to shoot those people, and you're going to fix the car, and don't you know, always listen to me. And you know, it, I suppose it's good. But then on the other hand, it's kind of like they were so abusive towards her, the, the poor woman the whole time. Uh, you just felt like um. Yeah, it just felt a bit unfair. And then the bit that really got me, that was my worst scene, was, you know, when they pulled up at that sort of weird swimming pool that was, like, decrepit or whatever? Yeah. Um, and then she just decides to strip off and jump into the water. Well, not strip off, but, you know, take her clothes, her clothes off and jump into the water because it was so hot. I'm like, you know, in post-apocalypse 101, never go in the water because you don't know what's in the water. And I thought that was going to come back to bite them, like she caught something or it's going to be poisoned or whatever. I mean, that wasn't played out, but it's kind of like, come on, why was she so stupid just to jump in some water? But I suppose, I suppose that's... It, it was only two or three days in, wasn't it? It wouldn't have been... It couldn't have been poisoned that quick is what I'd say. But Yeah, but I suppose from your perspective, it's that's her showing that she's a bit more lively and human than the other two um, and kind of spicing it up a bit rather than it just being two boring guys or not not boring but two sort of guys stressing about the wife that they don't know um, yeah but also um maybe she was there to kind of show uh forest what was forest whitaker's character's name john tom tom yeah there to show tom how he related to a more of a daughter relationship as well although he clearly didn't treat her in that way at all I didn't do maybe well, that was, yeah Maybe that was another missed opportunity. Um, yeah. But, uh, but you know when you said, oh, I was, just, I was expected to come back, you know there's that bit when Will, the, the bloke, is walking along, uh, he's just to have to ditch the car, and then someone comes yeah. past on a quad bike. I was yeah. just like, maybe that's her. Maybe she managed to get a quad bike and a gun, and she's going to save him, at the, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. So, you know, yeah. But, yeah, it wasn't. But it, or it, if it that was, was a weird she, 
That was a weird scene, by the way. Why didn't he just ask that guy for a lift at all? <laughs> he just let him drive past. He didn't yeah. even try. <laughs> he didn't engage him. He just waited for the poor guy with the family that then ditched at his dad's house. Didn't worry about what happened to his dad. Um, yeah, it's that's the thing. There's lots of little bits in the film. Like, you know, the bit where they pull into that town was quite good, where um, like all the sheriffs and are keeping everyone out. And it's just like, you know, we have hundreds of people trying to get in here every day. And, you know, what makes you any different? He's like, oh, I know such and such. He's got a pottery shop. And I'm like, all right, you know, help him in. Yeah. You've got these bunch of hillbilly militiamen sort of in a truck watching him, making sure that they're not there who they say they are. That was a good yeah. scene. Um, like, yeah. yeah, but my, I mean, yeah, I, I did like Ricky and the, the di- addition she added to the dynamic. I just felt it was a bit weird how they've kind of shoehorned her in for a bit and then she suddenly disappeared. Because she had a freak out because she shot at someone that was already trying to kill her. But I suppose, you know, if she hadn't have been in a situation where she was in the car with those two, she wouldn't have been shooting at people, being shot at. So maybe, yeah, her going like pressure cooker and just deciding, you know what, I want to get out of this situation is fair. Um, you know, it just shows how naive Will is. That he was just like, oh, don't worry, we'll sleep on it and woke up and she'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, yeah. And they've just gone. Yeah. Off the desert. yeah, I wonder if she did find uh, anyone else there. Yeah, there's probably like another, what's the word? Not reservation somewhere that she could go and join. Or try, um, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, she, but she had a good scene where she was just like, oh, um, that's an Apache, isn't it? No, a Blackhawk. And they're like, you know about helicopters? And she's like, Apache, Cherokee, whatever. You name them all after the tribes that you you killed. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Ricky was a good character. Um, I know subplot was worthwhile, if a bit, you know, I don't know. It's could have been better. Could have been better, like you said. It could have been more with it. They could have done more. Like you know, especially after Forrest Whitaker's character died, Will was just stuck on his own. I think having them two left behind would have been kind of good to see the dynamic there. Um, but maybe they were just like, well, then Will has to go somewhere and he has to do something on his own. So when we need to get rid of her, yada yada yada. But um, yeah. Um, so. What was your favourite scene? So, so this is kind of two complementary scenes that work together to tell one bit of the story. So the, my first best scene was the dinner's party at the beginning, because I thought it yeah. was kind of interesting to see the dynamic between the two men. So he comes in and he's like, Will, why don't you go help what I face in the kitchen? And it's like, you know, after he walks to the shelf, he pours a drink and he's like, go help my wife in the kitchen. It's so demeaning. It's kind of like, you know, you're not worthy of my whiskey. So you go go, go to the kitchen and help the woman cook or whatever, like that yeah. kind of thing. And then you have the whole, you know, him sitting there, not making any small talk or when Will does or try and discuss the boat, he's just like, let's not discuss the boat and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, yeah. you know, you get a sense of what these people are about. And like when they get to the meal, and he was just saying, you know, oh, maybe my daughter, uh, you know, you wanted to get my daughter away from me um, so that you could control her more. And he's like, maybe she just wanted to get away from you. And it kind of really helped set the scene between these two characters. And it wasn't a particularly long scene. But without that, and they just had, oh, I've met, bumped into my father-in-law and he used to be a military man and now we've got to drive. It wouldn't have had the same impact sort of thing, would it? Um, yeah. The funny thing was there wasn't any kind of exposition dump, was there? It was just kind of... um like the whole boat thing was all very uncle Bryn and jason from gavin and stacy it's like yeah it did happen um so yeah we needed to that was quite a lot of places could have a lot of other films would have just been like oh you we hate we hate this uh just because of what you did on my boat and just explained it really annoyingly yeah we um, had a flashback of the boat or something which starts off 10 years ago with the boat and yeah. yeah but then so then that was all good and then the fact that he had to leave 
And I think he, and then that was the reason why he missed his flight because he got so drunk because he was so upset about the whole thing. And yeah. he missed his flight, which means that's how he ended up there to go with Tom in the car in the first place. Um, yeah. And then the, the counterpoint to that is the scene in the car where the two men finally bond. Um, and what I liked about it was, you know, when um, they get to the stage and, and Will turns up and he's like, you know, that answers that question. Are you going to come with me or what? And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. And that, what could have been is you could have had a film where, you know, um, Tom's always sniping at him or Will's always like resenting him and stuff like that. And they kind of argue all the time or there's this sort of dynamic. But once they both decided we're going to go rescue Sam, all of that's put to one side, really, or it's shelved because they know that their mission's more important. So I think I liked the fact that the film avoided that sort of obvious route of them two bickering the whole time and just yeah. got on with it. You know, like you said, it was more of a father-son dynamic afterwards where it was kind of like, you know, you don't know how to shoot, you know, uh, push this button, do that thing. Now you can shoot. And it's like, well done, you've managed to shoot. And it's kind of like that bonding experience. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, um, when um, when they finally got in the car, sorry, and uh, I think it's after Ricky had dumped him, the two finally bond yeah. over a chat where um, Forrest Whitaker's like, oh, you... Did uh, Sam ever tell you about my father or whatever? And he's like, yes, sir, she did or whatever. He's like, yeah, you think I'm bad. And then he goes on to this thing about how his dad was like, a, a, could give you a stare and it would kind of tear you down and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm not that much of a bad guy, Will. You know, I'm just trying to do best for my daughter. And then Will suddenly reveals the boat story. It's just like, yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. You know, yeah, Sam was driving the boat after all. He's like, <laughs> and then when he find out that um, he knew about... <laughs> He knew about them driving after, uh, um, knew about the baby the whole time as well. And he's like, you cheat yeah, yourself. It's probably you know, why he was so keen to bring him along in the end, wasn't it? Because he knew that it was more important. Yeah, things. it's kind of, let's put things to one side. And I think that was it. it. The whole thing was teaching him, A, how to survive in this new world, but also about fatherhood. Um, so I think it was a really nice, those two scenes were a really nice counterpoint to, to, to see the guy's dynamic change throughout the course of the film. Um yeah, so I, I like I just like that whole arc really, and I think their relationship yeah. worked really well. And I think, um, like I say, one of the one of the three arcs within it, which makes it joint forms that whole. Exactly. Yeah, it would it wouldn't have been very good without that arc. It would have just been like two guys driving a car, just happened to be saving someone. You know, it's yeah, it, it could have been a lot weaker without it. It's kind of one of the linchpins of the thing. Um, yeah. So so that was our favourite scenes. Uh, what was your worst scene? I've kind of alluded to mine, but I mean, yeah, you, you can hit me with yours. Yeah, I didn't like the whole kind of introduction of Jeremiah as a character right at the end. Um, so, obviously, right at the end, he finally finds Sam and he finds, oh, she's hanging out with this guy in this house and he tries to shoot him at first. And okay, <laughs> you, you realise straight away there's something weird going on, going on here. And you realise pretty sharpish that Jeremiah... I mean, I don't think he's ever explicitly said, but it's implied that he kind of is crushing on Sam a little bit. Um, it's basically a Shane and Rick thing, wasn't it? It was kind of, that, yeah. it was just, they just ripped that off completely. Um, and, yeah. But, yeah. you know, this was happening. And I kind of, I could see how far from the end of it. And I thought, hold on, this film's only got like 10 minutes left to run. What are they doing introducing a whole new character? This guy is going to obviously yeah, you, know, you didn't get that kind. You, you with that weird relationship he had with Will straight away. Yeah. Well, it's not like you knew it wasn't going to get resolved in a good way in those last ten minutes because that would take more time. No, you you always knew that this guy was going to turn weird and die, and you know he kind of had all this kind of um kind of um extra um 
uh, these conspiracy theories, whatever. Um, but going on from that, he then kind of just seemed a bit of a very strange character. And maybe maybe that's supposed to rep- rep- represent people kind of uh, losing it a bit in in the world they found themselves in. Um, but that's probably what they yeah I, I like yeah like you say like you couldn't like it would have been interesting to sort of see oh yeah this neighbor saved or whatever if they had half hour to play with it so like they start to bond or whatever and then at some point he suddenly turns that would be interesting but it was kind of a bit formulaic like you kind of knew yeah he's he fancies the girlfriend he wants will out of the way he's checked how many bullets are in the gun you know because that's not a subtle clue yeah, you know, he's yeah. been messing with the car that never come up i wonder what he did to the car um but yeah. yeah, and but yeah, like that whole conspiracy theory bit. Maybe that was the only reason they put it in there, just to kind of, you know, give you, um, da, 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 da. yeah, just give you an indication of what it was, what some people might think it's about. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think it just felt a bit strange, and yeah, just although it kind of brought me back to Last of Us vibes as well, because they introduced loads of characters right at the end, and I didn't mind that. Um, yeah, I, I it, think it was, it was almost like the denouement of the film. The end, the end of the film is almost too um, small scale. Yeah, it just ends up oh, some random guy, and then you have the whole final scene all about that. I think that's the good thing about this film was like there were so many little bits that all come together for a whole, wasn't it? Like there was the bit on the bridge, there was the bit with the uh, escaped convict, there was a bit with the Indian plantation. Sorry, not plantation reservation. Um, yeah. You know, there's the bit with the shootout and the fire and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, all of those little separate scenes come together to create this great whole as yeah. opposed to it being kind of like this big arc. And I think that's kind of, you know, it worked because of all the little scenes piecing together. And I liked the fact that at the end, you know, it could have just been he found a girl. Yay, success. Mm-hmm. Or, yay, we're going to drive off into the sunset and try and find, you know, your mum and your brother or something. But no, they added this little twist at the end. It was not really a twist, but, you know, a bit more exposition, a bit more character drama um, just to see what would happen. I mean, I did think it a bit weird that like Will was a bed. And she got up and started drinking with the other bloke. It's kind of like, you know, are you implying that they did have a thing going on? I mean, he was only gone for like seven days, whatever. Um, you know, if and she was pregnant, yeah, they, never, it's kind of a bit... they never really asked that question, did they? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. she actually drinking? Yeah, I don't think she was drinking. Was she? Well, I don't know. Well, probably not. But she was. Yeah. She was with him while he was drinking. That's even yeah. weirder. Um, yeah. But yeah. But uh, yeah. But I yeah, I can see why you felt that was kind of a bit of a wasted opportunity or unnecessarily shoehorned in yeah yeah oh cool nice so so um i think obviously we've got the characters um so i think we're going to discuss different characters we liked um so i mean i think they all had pretty good arcs didn't they um but obviously the main the main relationship was uh between uh will and tom um as kind of the ones who were on screen for the most of it um and you've kind of pointed out how their relationship blossomed and got bookended actually because funnily enough the scene that you mentioned when they were kind of just talking right at the end that was seen just before tom actually died because he died in that shootout didn't he and that was I think it, it's yeah kind of, it was kind of implied that it, it was his um his last action as such was doing that final uh gunshot i don't know if it was the overexertion kind of finally was too much for his collapsed lung or um or what it was um but yeah, that was so. It was kind of like the last words he actually said was 
on three swerve the car one two three uh, so yeah, that was it was good good way to get him out and I think obviously it kind of showed that even though he didn't get on with Will for whatever reason it turns out it was mostly because this boat I think I'm not sure yeah um, it showed that he kind of did trust that he was the he was the guy to actually look after his um his daughter and his grandson as well obviously um so yeah I think it shows that maybe some people are obviously just while they give other people a hard time they're willing to put it aside as such when it's necessary which is quite quite an uplifting message in a way um i mean obviously obviously you yourself don't have that um <laughs> don't have problems with your father-in-law at all um and i know I, I personally don't either um yeah let's not mention <laughs> we won't worry about them things um but yeah um yeah there's stepfathers but yeah we'll move on um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's sort of yeah, men and uh, approval sort of thing, isn't it? There's this whole thing about that. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with everything you said. And was it like because didn't it, when did he say you're a good man, Will? Was that his last word, or was the last word actually the gunshot and then he died? Like, it was when, the gunshot and he was, died. But it was pretty close to that. Yeah, it was like I know yeah. you're a good man, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Now let's go have a shootout. Um, yeah. <laughs> What I did find weird was that he set fire to him in the car. I suppose, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, but also, yeah. That was traditionally a warrior's funeral, and I think he felt that as a ex-Marine, he'd have liked that, I suppose. He'd have appreciated it, not because of any hygiene or whatever problems, I don't know. But, um, yeah, speaking of characters, well, Forrest Whitaker was my, you know, I mentioned uh, Extinction as my suggestion for this film. It's because yeah. when I saw Forrest Whitaker was in this one, I'm like, oh, God, I don't like him. Um, <laughs> you know, it sounds like a good concept, but I really can't get my head around Forrest Whitaker because usually he plays such weird, kooky roles and sort of, you know, it seems to be typecast as a slightly weird person. I don't know if you've noticed this, but, you know, most things he's in, he's like a bit kooky. So I just expected more of the same here. But when he suddenly sounds into sort of hard nut former military man, like, it's like, wow, A, he's not playing to type, and B, he actually nails it. It's kind of like I really could un- could appreciate him in that this, this part. And like, I think the film was elevated for the fact that he was in it. So it's ironic that the one thing that turned me off the film was actually the thing that brought me into it, was the fact that he was actually such a good actor. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think I, I've got an appreciation that he is a good actor, but I don't generally tend... There's not a lot of films he's been in that I've enjoyed that much. Um, and I can't immediately think of any off the top of my head, but no, I think I always rated him, and I did believe him as kind of an older, uh, older marine guy. I mean, you could kind of believe that his dodgy eye is from a war injury or whatever. Um, whereas I think it's some it's from a fight when he was a kid or something in reality. Um, yeah, because he's probably a bit of a hard nut. But he was, yeah. <clears throat> but he was in, um, he was in Black Panther, wasn't he? And in that, he was just a bit part. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then he was in. Um, uh, what else was he in? He, um, Rogue One. He was in. Yeah, that was it. He was Sol Guerrero, and he was in. I think he was in Alien Three. That's the first thing I remember seeing in seeing him in, and that was from the, ni- like the late nineties or something. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at his IMDb's to see if he was in there. Um, oh, he played Idi Amin. Sorry, this is interesting. Um, <laughs> Maybe he wasn't in Alien 3. Anyway, moving on. I thought he was very good. I thought Will was good because basically, even though he looks like a chiseled action hero, uh, he still can kind of be believable as a bit of a suit, a bit of a lawyer type thing. 
And I liked the fact that they played him not as someone that goes down the range every week and kind of shoots and things. You know, the fact that he can't shoot a gun, he's not that sort of butch and handyman sort of thing. It's kind of like, cool, you know, he's kind of a bit of an everyman. And he gets over it quick and becomes really a good shot. Um, is it, quite, is it stated, like, what, um, what his actually job is? Yeah, he's a lawyer or something. Because oh, they start yeah, talking yeah. about firms and, you know, you know, oh, I'll I have my own firm. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he just played, you know, the part, he played the part really well. And Ricky, you know, she was a good actress for that part. She worked really well. I like the bit when she, when he's like, what do you want to go to LA for? And she's like, I want to be a rapper. And he's like, you know, really? And she's like, no, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just stuff like that. I see what you mean by the fact that she elevated things by just adding little, little punches of humour to sort of break up the, we've got to yeah, go I mean, save the wife bit. It would have been a very um, drama heavy not, dry, not even drama heavy, but just very dry, dry road trip with just those two on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they needed a bit of a break from it. But, um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, there aren't that many other characters in there, is it? That's why we can go for favourite or worst, you know, favourite or worst, because literally there was yeah. those three. Um, yeah, I think, that, you know, the bit part characters, obviously, Sam was a fairly standard character, pleased to see him, whatever, just kind of a goes along with what he said when it comes down to it um you know there was the character of the american interstate highway network uh arguably the best character in the movie as, uh, <laughs> as i always like to imply <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the open road it's a character <laughs> it was a very good road movie it has to be yeah. said i mean like... that's the great thing about america you've, you've always got um you can always just go through all that different um different um scenery and stuff yeah, and it's kind of like, I like the fact that, you know, you're driving along and they, in the distance you see like a plane crash and they're like, you know, what do you think that's about? I don't know. That looks like a military plane. Yeah, cool. And then you have these little casual conversations and they just carry on because it's kind of like, you know, the world is ending and people just can't process it all. So you're just like, yeah, right. Okay, there's a military convoy that's just crashed. Okay, let's move on. Oh, you know, it's burned out cars and a bunch of refugees. Fair enough. Uh, it's yeah. kind of just weird how people just moved, for, you know, just carried on. If that makes sense. So, what what's your theory about what actually caused it all? Did you have uh, a theory by the end of it, or I didn't actually. I, I kind of just. I think it was one of those things where they just put through so many different things against a wall, saying, "Oh, it's dodgy weather, and then there's storms, and then there's um, flooding, and then there's volcano gas things." I mean, it, and then all the cell towers go out, and it's kind of like, God knows, you know, maybe it's a sort of solar flare going too close to the sun you know yeah I, I ain't got a clue and i think but in a way i kind of appreciate the fact that they didn't give it an easy explanation because it's just yeah. like you know in this case you could just you know basically things hit the fan and deal with it um, yeah and you know think, this is how people deal with it i think towards the end with that whole ash cloud appearing that was kind of arguably showed it was some sort of natural disaster more than anything um, but whether that could have actually been also some sort of alien extraterrestrial influence or whatever, um, I don't know. And then, of course, San Francisco and Seattle even, sorry, is uh, even on fault lines. So, you know, they would have volcanoes and stuff like that, maybe. Um, so it could be, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to go with natural disaster. Um, yeah. But, but, then it's, but then why yeah. was he sending fighter jets over? That's the thing. It's kind of like, yeah. you know. <laughs> But yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. The fighter jets are a bit of a... Maybe just throw you off a little bit. Um, have you <laughs> watched the film The Road? Viggo Mortensen and some kid. 
Oh, before we get to that, the American response to everything is to send the fighter jets in, isn't it? And send the army in, we'll shoot at it. You know, nature's yeah. coming to nature's coming for us. There's a big wave heading for Seattle. Go shoot it. Anyway, no, yeah. yeah, but no, I've not watched the road, but I, I was going to read the book because I think that's what inspired The Last of Us, isn't it? Um, um, I'm sure it was in the inspiration there somewhere, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of enjoyed having this film in my mind as almost a prequel to The Road, and Theo oh, James's right. character ends up as Viggo Mortensen's character with uh, with the son eventually, and obviously something happens to Sam along the way. Oh, um, wow. but yeah, I don't know, because I think it's kind of not implied in The Road what actually caused that end of the world either. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of cool. enjoyed re- enjoyed reading it in that way. I mean, with the road, Viggo Mortensen does say, "Oh, I remember it happening." It kind of flashes back a little bit to all of them in the house together um, when it happens. All the three of them there together, so it couldn't quite work. But with a little bit of dramatic license, it was fun to imagine that maybe watching this film was almost like it would have been in the early days of whatever happened in the road. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of this, even though, I mean, this could be two characters in the same universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, of the same sort of apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's the sort of apocalypse in the road? Like, what caused that? Or do they not tell you that either? Uh, they don't really tell you, but it's implied that it's possibly, it's certainly to do with fire, whether that's just a massive firestorm or nuclear bombs or whatever. Okay. Uh, so it's um, an so yeah, disaster, basically. Yeah, it could either be a massive super volcano explosion or nuclear warfare in the road yeah uh, it's not integral to the story what actually of course it is just more about how they survive uh once it has happened yeah which is fair um yeah. and i think that's the thing with this one it wasn't really integral how the stuff was hitting the fan um but what i did like is how they just teased you of various things to keep you keep you thinking it's like oh look at a power line sparking what's that all about look at the weird clouds what's that all about look at the birds swarming what's that about and it's kind of like you know there's all sorts of weird little tricks going on and you just haven't got a clue how to pull them together in your head and i think that's good because it probably simulates what people be feeling like in that situation you know oh you're paying attention to all these little signs but really no way of joining it together in your mind and knowing what's going on um, yeah. So the fact that they didn't just be like, no, it, yeah, it was aliens, or oh no, it was a super volcano because you know because like, even when he bumped into that guy in the car and he's just like, oh, you know, do you know what happened? He's like, no, because no one's going to know. You know, even the army don't know, do they? They just go ready to shoot something because they've been yeah, told yeah. to, and you know they ain't got a clue. Um, yeah, and I like the fact there was a bit early on when they're trying to leave wherever they were. So was it San Francisco they started in, um, or no? Um, no, it was the Chicago. east coast, wasn't it? Chicago, yeah. So they're about to leave Chicago and the army pull them up and they're like, oh, no, you can't go any further. So I, I just like the idea that, you know, the army's just blocking people from going anywhere. Um, you know, and it's like, well, what's that about then? They obviously know there's something bad over there, but they're not telling anyone. Um, and yeah, and all the sort of thingies of government have fallen down, like the emergency broadcast system isn't working because there's no one to broadcast. Um, yeah, it's just just weird, like just... It just gets you in, the, it, you know, all these little clue, cues create a, a really convincing world. Um, yeah, so I think it's almost, it's almost just the, confu- the general confusion is what's most convincing about it. The fact that if something like that did happen, everyone would have their own little theories and they'd be able to say, oh, it must be this because we saw the ash cloud. Oh, it must be an alien attack because we saw fighter jets. Um, but we're seeing all those clues and all it shows us that no one really knows. Exactly. It's kind of it's all over the place. No one, no one has a clue. Um but yeah, I think I was um, on Twitter um, recently and someone texted about um, 
stories about apocalypses is far more interesting before we're living one, living through one. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, you know, we picked this because it was kind of a, you know, a nod to what's going on in the world. Um, luckily, this this thing wasn't to do with this particular situation that we're in. Uh, but, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be enjoying anything like this for a while. I think I've gone <laughs> off this particular genre. Apart from Walking Dead, which is another thing this reminds me of a bit, kind of, you know, the early days of that. I mean, obviously, there's no zombies in this, but you can imagine that, it, you know, in the future, it evolved to kind of groups of people huddling together to survive against the elements and having to fight for territory and resources and things. So, yeah. Totally. yeah. yeah. I think probably natural disaster is, I think, at the moment, either natural disaster or some sort of illness is definitely the most likely thing at the moment. Uh, it's not going to be the current illness. It's not serious enough. Um, but whereas Walking Dead or Alien Invasion or whatever, that's obviously way out there. Um, so I think, yeah, it was just interesting to see if, assuming it was a natural disaster, how things would go quite quickly. And yeah, I think it was all done fairly realistically. I mean, what I didn't quite, what didn't quite hang together for me was, um, the way like the motorbike gang on the bridge would anyone really get it together that quickly unless they were an existing gang of small town gangsters or whatever that just managed to decide oh let's do this really quickly i mean would would people really go that barbaric straight away i'm not sure maybe they would maybe they wouldn't um yeah you'd think it's only seven days in you know how can organized five i think yeah five five days in so surely the local police force would still be going especially but then that was just before they got to the city, wasn't it? So it's kind of, you know, the city was messed up anyway. They probably knew that people were heading towards the city. And if you're a biker gang that happened to be outside the city at the time, why, like, hide when you could just mug people? But, yeah, it did, it did seem like they were very coordinated in what they were doing. And they had, like, you know, enough ammo and enough things. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it was a bit weird. And also it was convenient that he's gone. It was almost a bit like how kind of Mad Max Fury Road is just so completely ridiculous. It, it was almost like the embryonic version of that. Like these people were going to turn into mad the baddies in Mad Max, bikers I mean, and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had in mind uh, as another thing that was to say that this was similar to is Mad Max. But like a really, like I say, pro, like you said, like a proto version of it. Like, yeah. you know, it's so early doors, but these people are still are starting to come together to create a gang to kind of leverage things into the, their way of doing things. Um, so it's like a Denegan of this universe. It's yeah. going to go off and start, you know, creating an extortion racket or something. Maybe but, um, it's like the guy who was driving the truck that drove on the bridge and uh, it blew up. He's going to come out with a breathing apparatus like the guy in Mad Max, and <laughs> that's how. Oh it was And move to Australia, obviously. But yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's it's all right over there. Yeah, where's Negan? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that Mad Max Fury Road is crazy. I mean, that just that film never stops, does it? It's kind of like you know, it's yeah. like two, yeah. three hours of constant mayhem and noise. Um, I read somewhere they made a, a sort of a not black and white. It's kind of a chrome version of it. So it's basically black and white, but like really heightened and super whatever, just for like right. aesthetic effect. Um, but I've not seen it like that. But I think I quite enjoy watching that just to see what the difference is. Um, Anyway, that's that's a little aside. Um, yeah. I've not watched that film in a while, actually, uh, Fury Road. But yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the name of the, the version is, but I'll find it out. Uh, that could be a f- future Geek Bites episode. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. 
Um, so I think the next section is Richard's philosophical segment. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, thinking about the morality of how quickly people. I mean, I've kind of touched on this already. Whether whether we believe that people would actually fall into that degree of not insanity, but um, whether civilization would collapse quite so quickly. Um, I think, like you say, you know, law enforcement is still a thing, but I think maybe, I think maybe we're probably thinking about it from our British perspective, um, where it probably wouldn't fall apart that quickly. I think the main thing why it wouldn't here in Britain is because we're just such a smaller country, whereas in the states, sure, you've got your police force, etc., but they can't police thousands of miles of interstate highways. There's always going to be some areas that uh, have a bit of a that they just can't reach that. And you're going to have the gangs are going to go there and decide, right, let's out shop and get anyone going along here. You're always going to have some um, opportunistic guys like that. Um, and I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the other thing as well, like, you know, you said, you know, well, over here, we don't have guns as well. So it's kind of yeah, that too. we do, but it's so limited. You know, it's not like you can just go to a shop and smash a window and get a hunt ton of guns. But I think the reason why the guys on the bridge works is because. They were just five minutes from Seattle, which had literally been obliterated. In that case, the police have bigger things on their mind than worrying about a gang mugging people on a bridge. Whereas yeah. if you go backwards you, to that little town where the police have kind of created a shield around it to keep people out, I think that's more realistic for the four, you know, two, three, four day mark of what local law enforcement might be trying to do to keep things safe, keep things moving and whatever. So it's kind of like... Yeah. It's I almost felt like that sheriff almost wasn't acting in his guise as keeping the peace. He was almost just a, he just reverted to just the lo- a local leader. He, was, he wasn't doing it for his for the government's sake or whatever. He was doing it just because he was obviously an inhabitant of that town. He was like, right, let's make sure this works for me as well as everyone else. Um, he, well, yeah, he wasn't looking to upload the law, uphold the law. He was just looking to um, protect his community like yeah, anyone else. Well, because sheriffs have voted in in America, isn't it? So it's, they yeah. are literally a member of the community and they're kind of an important part of that community. So, yeah. And I think that, yeah, the, just the way he sized them up and the way it was kind of, you know, it was his decision what was going on. And you kind of got the impression that, like, unlike, you know, the biker gangs or whatever, they wouldn't have sat there and pumped the, the vehicle full of lead if they didn't trust them. They'd have just turned them on their way nicely. It was kind of like that kind of, you know, homely sort of, you know, Okay, fellas, what are you doing here today? Okay, right. Okay, let me check. You know, let me think about it. Mm, yeah, all right. You're, you're, you're. I've got a good sense of you. You know, like, uh, what is, was it? Rick in Walking Dead once. So someone says, you know, I've been a police officer for such and such. I can tell when someone's lying or whatever. He's kind of doing that sort of thing. Mm, yeah, I can tell you're sort of genuine, even though you're yeah. in a busted up car and he's got blood leaking out of him, and yeah. you've got a random Native American girl in the back. But you know, you're genuine. I'll let you through. Um, I think that whole little side thing with the, the crying woman in the house was a bit unnecessary. I mean, it's interesting, but then you're like, well, how does he know this fella? Um, and I, he said they were friends or whatever, and he was a groomsman. I, I, I got the impression of college buddies or whatever. But uh, yeah, they could have just said we met at college because it's like you know, Seattle, Chicago, yeah. random place yeah. in the middle. Yeah, I just happened to know someone in the middle of nowhere. Oh, uh, but yeah. that, my dad just happens to live in the middle of nowhere. That's convenient. Um, he did well, actually, that as well, did they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't think that when because also wasn't there a bit where they were driving up and he was just like, no, it's all right. I checked. It's okay. We can go there or whatever. And it's like, well, how did you check if the phones aren't working? Um, so yeah, that was a bit weird. Unless they just got the cars to ad lib some of it and he just ad libbed wrong <laughs> and they just left it in. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, oh yeah, it's all right. I phoned ahead. Or I used my CB radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a bit. I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, I liked the um, the bit of uh, what do you call it, petrol pump, right at the beginning when the woman sort of propositions him. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And then um, once his face pulls out a gun and threatens him, and the guy's like, what do you, "Why have you got a gun? Oh, do I like it? I don't actually. I don't know if I like it because surely you'd want a gun in the middle of the end times, wouldn't you, to keep your, you and your your own safe?" Um, yeah, it's just not an option we've got here, of course, like you, like you mentioned earlier. It's completely unique to America and to some degree, uh, other countries as well, but yeah. Yeah, we haven't got the right to bear arms. We've got the right to put up with what we're told. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so where are we next? I mean, so the philosophy, philosophical argument, in terms of killing people to help you and yours survive, what's your take on that? Like, they seem to be kind of, with this, they were like, it's us or them. I mean, actually, to be fair, the only people they killed were people that were attacking him, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think yeah. they certainly never screwed anyone over. Um, I th- I feel like Tom, if he could have done, probably, maybe, possibly would have done. Um, yeah, Will kept him, Will and the other was, girl kept him sane. It was never actually an issue that came up, um, you know, with um, with uh, when when Will showed uh, that young family back to his father's house he could have just uh he could have just shot them in his sleep and took their car and all the food <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. yeah no yeah. i think he um i think he was decent uh, yeah our the, the people we followed only killed people who tried to take them on yeah. um which was good so i think they stayed on the correct side of morality in that sense yeah. um which i think is fine obviously ricky struggled with it she went off and she lost it because she killed someone who'd been trying to kill them. Um, I'd yes. like, I, I think she's too soft in that sense, but obviously you've got the film presenting both viewpoints there and it doesn't really say whether it worked out for her or not. You know, it doesn't then follow up with showing her dying because of her soft heartedness or whatever. It just says, well, maybe she made it, maybe she didn't. We're not, we're not going to judge in that particular um, moral position. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it could be like, there could be a, like a religious or cultural significance of, you know, killing in any regard is might be frowned upon in their culture, whereas, you know, in Western culture, it's kind of a bit us or them, eye for an eye type thing. Mm. You never know. Um, you know, they might have only fought the Western settlers because of survival more than anything. Uh, another thing about Ricky before we move on is um, it was so good. It was a, a Native American girl that was the mechanic, wasn't it? It's kind of like, I like the fact, and it could have been a girl or a guy, the way that character was played. I like the fact it, it was just... She just happened to be a woman. And I think yeah. that's, you know, when they say, like, you've got to write characters, you know, like sometimes you write a character and you're like, I've got to get a woman in here somewhere. Whereas this one, it's just, it was just a character. She just happened to be a woman. And I think that worked really well. And um, I think it was good she was because it did break. There weren't any main female characters even close to being main. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, going back to the morality thing, uh, yeah, examples of where Tom would have uh, kind of aired on the side of, uh, protecting their own was when he was prepared to leave uh what's her face behind uh ricky behind when she went to save that family he wouldn't have even stopped if it wasn't for those two but he was yeah, prepared to leave her behind will made him stop and then later on there that woman coughing in the middle of the cloud of smoke he's like just keep driving and they're like oh no we're gonna stop and help them and so all of those yeah and then it, there was, and that one was right to stop but or not it, stop even <laughs> exactly yeah i mean yeah tom knew his stuff um but yeah, but yeah, I think he would have just, like you say, I doubt he would have gone out of his way to kill people, but he wouldn't have gone out of his way to help people either. Whereas the other yeah. two are a bit more soft. Um, 
So I think maybe having a combination of the two is what helps in the uh, Armageddon. Uh, or, <laughs> just, or just having people to kill and die for you, in Will's case. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and to kill again. Actually, he did kill that other guy, but the other guy was going to kill him first. I think it was very clever that he hid the one bullet he had, so the other guy thought he didn't have an armed weapon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's smart. Very... It took me a little while to actually figure out that's what he'd done. So, yeah, he'd obviously been learning. He'd been learning from uh, from being on the road with Tom, which is good. And then yeah. he gets to pass those skills on to their son. Pass yeah. their, so his son... In the road. Yeah. yeah, his son learns a little bit about what his granddad was like, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, but he's become a really good shot, though, didn't he? It's like... Yeah, I don't know. I guess he. I guess um, he wasn't far from him. It wasn't exactly a difficult shot. It was more about the speed rather than the actual aiming. But yeah, yeah. As long as he got it up first, and I'd like to think I could have made (laughs) that shot. So yeah, yeah. And I suppose the other guy was kind of probably taking his time with it because he knew that the other guy. Well, he assumed that Will didn't have a bullet or a gun, so he was just oh yeah, I could take my time in shooting you. Whereas Will was like, sod it, kill him. Yeah, yeah. But um, good, uh, good finish. Um. Yeah, do we think they survived? Well, obviously they survived in the end. It shows them just about pulling away from the ash cloud. So, where where do we think they went next? Do we think do we think they made it up north or? I don't know because uh, that family was like, "Well, we, it's something in the air. We need to get to Canada." Which you know, to be fair, everyone wants to go to Canada. I mean, that's the way to escape um, bad things. To go to Canada, that's my view anyway. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, the other thing would be maybe they want to go back to Sam's mother in wherever it was, Chicago. Um, and their brother because they were meant to be safe there but then that means they have to go right back across state again or you know the whole bloody country again so I don't think that's a good idea um, and you know like without knowing what caused the end of times you're not going to show be aware of how long they're going to last you know like if it's something like the dust cloud keeps coming up and chasing them or whatever in some sort of weird lost way um, <laughs> <laughs> then they're going to die regardless but if it's a natural disaster that's happened and it's finished and now people have to pick themselves up and survive they might have lasted a bit longer you know they might have been able to build something um but yeah it might be a bit of a struggle and i've just got one one gun well, like one pistol with probably a few bullets and not even time to prov- like pack provisions um you know so it's going to be like hand to mouth until you can find a group like in walking dead where they can sort of start building uh sort of a, a gang or a society together yeah um, yeah, but yeah, do you think they survived? Do you think they could, there could be a sequel to Living Happily Ever After? I, I don't think we'll see a sequel, but I think uh, I think they certainly made it somewhere and joined up. Well, the road's the sequel, but and joined up to uh, another group, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think they were resourceful enough to have got that far. I mean, it's very convenient that A, her neighbour decided to take her to this be- uh, like cabin in the woods, and B... The most of her, no, the part of her flat where she left a message survived, so Will knew where to go. I mean, those were two slightly annoying hang ups. Um, but yeah, other than that, very good. Yeah, cool. Nice. Um, yeah. It's a good, good one, and thanks. A good suggestion. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think, well, apart from, I mean, actually, I know, sorry, I really enjoyed this one. It was. <laughs> After the the bad taste, it was extinction. This is good, quite a refreshing uh, thing to be watching. Yeah, nice. We'll 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 see if it becomes prescient or inter or more relevant. <laughs> yeah, like... um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully not. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah cool. Let's prorogue this bad boy. <laughs> cool. I um 
yeah, I'm not sure what funny voice to do at the end of this one, so I think I'll just leave it there. <laughs> to end with a big hacking cough. Cool. All right, All right yeah. guys. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time on Geek Bites.